we built this really cool world. Like we thought we were going to have kids, right? So we got the perfect cars and the perfect jobs and the perfect house. And, you know, we like built these perfect baby lives. And he's like, we're really comfortable now. So let's just enjoy that. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today we are speaking with Jordan and you may know her by her Instagram account, Violet Unexplained, which is a child free and childless account, just celebrating not having kids. And I love it. So welcome, Jordan. Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Can you start by telling us all a little bit about yourself, who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jordan. Um, I run the Violet Unexplained account. So a lot of people think my name is Violet, but it is not. I live in Tucson. I'm married. I have three dogs. I'd like to have more dogs, but you know, it's hard to keep (laughs) adopting. And I like to hike and I do a lot of crafting and I love my job. So I'm obsessed with what I do for work, Uh, but I'm pretty boring. Don't have a lot going on. (laughs) I don't believe that, but okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And your dogs are adorable. I got to meet them last time we chatted, which was so fun. They are the cutest. So how did you come to this space of being child free? And is that the term you identify with? Yeah, it's so funny. um, The use of terms until I started Violet Unexplained, I didn't even know there was like child free, childless, you know, all of the terms. I didn't know that not everyone could you know, use them interchangeably. Like I think even Chelsea Handler and her comedy special uses child less. Till you're really like in the space, you don't even really know. So at first I called myself child free and I got a lot of notices letting me know that I am not child free. And so I was like, but I'm not childless because childless, I guess, is more like you want to have kids, but you, you know, can't. Uh, child-free is more of I've never wanted to have kids, so I never felt like I fit in either category. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do identify as child-free now after exploring for a while because although I did want children at one point and I did go through IVF and try to have children, discontinuing treatment is kind of where how I got to the child-free space. So not continuing to try to have children anymore because I'm sure we could if we really tried, if we did a bunch of rounds of IVF or something like that, because there's nothing wrong with either of us, um, as they say. But um, yeah, I, I identify with child free because I don't still want to have children. So I think if maybe I still wanted to and I'd maybe identify with child less more, but child free for sure. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the terminology because I also, until I started making content, didn't know the difference. I think the first term, I think I've shared this before on the podcast that I used was a post about being childless. And then people were like, "Um, no, I think you mean child free. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Just yeah, like coming and in and learning. It's kind of shocking. There are some people in the community who are very upset by it. Like if you use the wrong terms, I've gotten some nasty grams, but most people don't mind. I mean, most people are kind of really open to being both and it would be kind of cool if there was like a middle term, right? Like yeah. child, I was childless, but now I'm child free. Right. Yeah. I create 
created the account because, you know, I had realized I didn't want to do this anymore, but my experience wasn't the same as a lot of the childbirth accounts are like, you know, great and, and very funny and humorous and all of the things, but I didn't identify with all of them a whole lot. Cause sometimes even after you've decided you don't want to have kids anymore, there are certain things that do still make you feel sad or that emotional trauma of IVF. They do say the emotional distress and depression and anxiety can be that of a cancer patient because you go through all of these treatments with not many results and you're doing all these medications and you're going in for checkups all the time. And it's a lot of trauma. So recovering from that is still really sad. And then mm -hmm. having like spent all the money and the time and the effort for, for nothing. So sometimes like you still feel sad about your experience, even though you don't want to have kids anymore. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why I created the account. Cause it was like, yeah, I really enjoy being child free. And I'm trying to look at the positives of like, why does being child free fun and maybe some cynical, funny stuff, but also sometimes I am sad and sometimes I do feel bad and um, I kind of wanted a space for both people to exist. Wow. That's really powerful. The way you framed it there of the trauma and the experience of IVF. And that's not something that I've really heard ever explained before. I'm not someone who's gone through IVF, so I don't have that inside look, but like just hearing that and thinking of all the appointments and the, all of that together, it's just a more clear picture. So oh yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's, I think, yeah, emotionally distressing and you're just constantly so unaware of what's going to happen. And it's, it's a lot. So anyone out there that's going through it, I definitely feel for them, which also makes a huge role. And we didn't want to do any of that anymore. And then by the time we were done, we actually had a few embryos and we were like, I don't even want to use these, but we, sh we should, since we spent thousands of dollars making them. But at some point we were like, you know, we started this journey in our twenties mm. and then we're in our, you know, my husband's in his late thirties. I'm in my early thirties. And we're like, we are too old. Like I am tired. I don't have the time or the energy anymore. Like, so we kind of were like, we don't even want to do this anymore. Our lives are so fun. We have so much fun. We go on vacations all of the time. We do whatever we want. And we were kind of like, what are we doing? Let's just not do this. Yeah. So after getting to this place now where you're embracing the child free life and term, although still acknowledging that there are moments of sadness and grief that come along here and there, would you do anything differently? Such a good question. And I've, I've thought about this before too. I mean, obviously like thinking about it financially, I would never do it because we spent so much money, but I think it is a good comfort in knowing that if, if one day I'm like, Oh, I should have done everything I could have or whatever. Um, I think it's good that I know I did everything I could. And I, I think it made me a more empathetic understanding person in general. Mm -hmm. I don't know you know, going through that sort of emotional distress and trauma, it really changes you. And I think I really changed in a good way. I think I'm more understanding and, and capable and it was horrible, but, <laughs> but I honestly, I, I wouldn't do anything different. It all brought me to where I am now. And I get a lot of messages on Instagram and, and things like that, you know, with people with similar stories or asking me like, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to move on. What did you do? And, and stuff like that. And I, I love that I'm getting to help people. And I don't think I would be getting to help people had I not experienced all of this. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I'm so glad that you are able to look at it all in that way and, and be there speaking up and interacting with people who are going through similar things. That's really cool. I know when we spoke before, you had 
mentioned something about your husband's experience. Can you talk to us about your shared infertility journey? Yeah. I would say, you know, not like an exceeding amount, but my husband definitely wanted kids more than I did um, when mm-hmm. we were younger. When we had when we had gotten married, I would say I was more of a fence sitter and he really wanted to have kids. And so I was like, fine, I will have one child with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I will have one. That is it. And then eventually through, I mean, we were married for five years, I think before we even started trying. By that point, I wanted to. Like I wasn't like forced into IVF or anything. But yeah. I, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm older now. I want to do this. I think it's not talked about enough or at all about the experience for the men, because I mean, you know, I have to drive to these appointments. I have to give myself these medications and I have to do all this stuff, but he just has to sit back and wait all the time to hear, you know, how did the appointment go? Is this going to work? And then I get at least get to like, listen to my body and kind of know what's going on. And he's just waiting all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that was really hard for him. But by the end, you know, I think we both had come to the realization like this probably isn't going to work for us and our lives are really fun. Why would we keep putting ourselves through this trauma? And at first, I think it was harder for him to accept because I think I want to say he thought maybe we would keep trying naturally after IVF just to see. And I was like, I'm done after this a while back. Not I mean, we both reached this point where we were like, we are not trying anymore. But um, I think he thought maybe that was what was going to happen. And then after he accepted it, he like really accepted it. He's even recently talked about maybe getting a vasectomy. Because um, mm, yeah. he's like, we don't want to be that couple that's like 40 thinking we can't have a kid. And then we accidentally get pregnant, and, you know, and it's not what we want anymore. So we've, we've talked about that, but I think the journey for him was arguably, I wonder harder sometimes for Mm. him just waiting and and sitting back all the time and just waiting. Right. Yeah. Understanding that for you, there was like action, there was things to do. There was, you know, I had like like a plan. I was eating a certain way. I was going to the, and he was just waiting. Right. And kind of in that limbo. And I think limbo is like the worst place. I hate limbo. (laughs) Maybe that's my work as a human being is just to like be comfortable with limbo, but I, no. <laughs> Me too. I hate it. Yes. It's the worst. Yeah. I can see how for him, it might've been more of like that waiting, that limbo space of just like, okay, like I'm just waiting to hear things or yeah. yeah. It was, it was hard. And you know, the way that we kind of came to being like, okay with this is so we did our first embryo transfer and it didn't work. And we were like, okay, we're going to take a few months off. We're going to go on vacations. We're going to like do all the things that we weren't allowed to do during the last like three years. Cause like I wasn't drinking, I wasn't, you know, eating much fun foods. I was eating like the fertility diet and I wasn't drinking alcohol. So we, we went to St. Louis, we went to Vegas, we went and like visited my family in Northern Arizona. Like we went all over the place and we had so much fun. And that is kind of where we both decided like, we're going to use the rest of our embryos, but we kind of hope they don't work. And, you know, and then we're just going to move on afterwards. And that kind of showed us like we have such a fun life and we we built this really cool world. Like we thought we were going to have kids. Right. So we got the perfect cars and the perfect jobs and the perfect house. And, you know, we like built these perfect baby lives. And it's like we're really comfortable now. So let's just enjoy that. Yeah. It's really cool too, to hear like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the journey together of IVF and doing everything and and really having to continually check in about what you want together as a couple. I don't know if this is how you would describe it, but it almost sounds like it brought you closer in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I don't know what the actual statistics are, but the divorce rate for infertility is very high, Um, especially if that is someone's like 
million percent plan and they can't accept being child-free later, a lot of times those couples split because they they need to have a child. For us, yeah, it brought us closer and it's pretty shocking because you don't know. You don't know that that's going to happen. You could end up one of the couples that gets divorced or whatever. So it's pretty scary going through all of that. But yeah, I think it did bring us closer. And we have like a different outlook on life, like being child-free and even realizing like you hear, and I made a post about this a few days ago, like you hear a lot of like ifs and whens instead of saying like, if you want to have a kid one day, you hear when you have a kid one day. And I think we were both kind of victims of being told you are going to have a kid one day. Like that's just the next stage in life. And then we kind of got to like explore life in a whole different way and really appreciate just being, I think after all of the depression and anxiety and appointments and all of the things for years, we finally were like free and we're just like really enjoying life. We see our friends who who seem kind of trapped sometimes, or they're like just waiting until the kids turn 18 and move out. And you're like, why did you do it then? If you're just waiting to not have to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. It's really cool that you and your husband were able to come to a place of just like prioritizing your life together and that being the focus And yeah, I can totally see how this is a deal breaker, I think, in relationships of kids or not kids, right? There's no, as I've heard other people say, like, you can't compromise on that if you want kids or or you don't want kids. And so um, it's really cool that you both came to a place where you are together still coming out of all of it. Like, we don't, I don't think we have any child-free couple friends. Mm which is interesting, but we do have one couple friend who is actually like really cool parents. They're kind of like the ideal parents that you would want to be, you know, like they, they are still really cool and they still do fun things and they still go on vacations all the time. And they, they're like really good parents. And like, if we were going to be parents, we'd want to be like them. But most of our friends are just normal parents, not available that much, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So coming out of this, at what point did you start your Instagram account, Violet Unexplained. So I first started the account while we were still trying to conceive. And it was a account of my fertility treatments. And I was just, I don't think I had like any followers. It was really just like for me, um, just kind of tracking everything. I think I thought one day, like I would use it as like a photo album or like a memory or share like, this is my journey and to making this baby um, who I hoped would be named Violet. We wanted a girl because we knew we only wanted one kid and we knew we hoped it was a girl, but also we know that doesn't, doesn't really matter. But, you know, I just always wanted a little girl because I'm super girly and I'm like, I have to raise a little princess. But um, <laughs> so we thought we would name it Violet and unexplained is unexplained infertility. So it was just called Violet Unexplained to just kind of like a nod to my journey. Um, And then I had my first miscarriage and I got really upset at the page and I like deleted everything and I tore it all down. Uh, But the page just sat there for years. And then when we decided to be child-free and I was looking for like accounts to follow that I like related to, which now I, I have found other accounts that are more similar to what I was looking for back then, but I just didn't find them until I had already created mine. Um, and I just, yeah, I guess in, I think September after our last embryo actually did stick and I ended up having a miscarriage. It was kind of oh, like wow. a bittersweet, like we weren't really wanting it to work anyway. And then it did work and then it didn't work. And it was just, it was an emotional roller coaster. But around that time is when I started the page because back in, I don't know, May, we decided we did want to be child-free. So it was like six months or a few months later, however many months that is, until we finished all of the embryos. And then 
we got to this point. And I was just like, I guess I was looking for an outlook. I was looking for a way to heal and a way to be excited about being child-free as well mm. and share that, you know, um, excitement and also relate to people and relate what I'm feeling. And I wasn't, I didn't know that I would find such a community. I had no idea. Yeah. Like looking back, I don't even know. I didn't even tell anyone about it either. I know my mom was visiting like the first week I had the account up and I didn't tell my husband about it until I hit like, I think I hit like a thousand followers and I was like, okay, Hey, I have this account <laughs> that I started. <laughs> it's doing, it's doing really good. And I'm really surprised by it. Um, and he's really supportive. Sometimes if I'm like having a content block, I'll be like, you have any child-free ideas? And he'll be like, Oh, have you talked about, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's awesome. I had no idea about the name. So I was curious and, and that gives it a whole nother like level of meaning to know that it was Violet after who you thought might be your daughter one day. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's interesting because I thought about changing the name and I almost changed the name a few times. And I just, I thought it was important to remember where I came from. However, I know it's also like when you see the name, you don't think child three count, right? So it's, if I'm trying to build a community and have content and followers and all the things. So I've thought about changing it for that reason to, you know, increase my following. Mm-hmm. But I think if people are looking for it, they'll find it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you created the account, you've been successful. Now it's like out in the open <laughs> that you have this account and that you're doing this. First of all, actually, let me clarify something. Was it just this past September or what September was it that you kind of? Yeah, started... it was okay. September of 22. 22. Yes. Okay. So just, Good. just Good. a few months ago, really. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Growing fast. So what has your experience been sort of? I mean, I look at you as another leader in this space. So like, what has that evolution been like for you? I think in this space, it's been it's been really fun. It's so many friendships. I mean, there's people I talk to like every single day that I didn't even know. Right. And uh, they send me memes or um, they send me funny content or they vent. They'll say, Oh, you know, this happened to me today. And I knew you would understand Mm -hmm. or stuff like that. And it feels amazing to just be a part of a community and have an outlet for myself. And then also to be an outlet for people is, is incredible. Um, in my personal life, though, my account has not been well received by friends and family members. But mm-hmm. in the community, it's been it's been really excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> I know it is amazing when people send messages, send funny content, or just like relate to your content. It's, it's such a good feeling, and it's super, I think, very meaningful. So that's really cool. But I, I definitely have had a few friends and a few family members not want to associate anymore because they think the account is disrespectful to moms. Mm, Yeah. I think several of them said like a very similar phrase of, you know, I I know whatever you've been through must've been really hard, but as a mom, and then they, you know, let me know there. And it's, it is a little harsh um, after everything I've been through for people to not, you know, approve of or understand like maybe where I'm coming from or even try to. But then I do have like this, you know, much larger group of friends and family who definitely support and are also parents. Like my best friend has a child and she sometimes helps me create content. She'll be like, oh my God, you don't want to deal with this, do you? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I've had, you know, a very close friend and a very close family member let me know that they were very upset by the account. 
And I, I honestly don't think it's that harsh. So I don't know. I don't know. It must push a certain type of button. Yeah. First of all, I'm sorry. That's really hard to experience, especially when it's people that you felt close to. And I think that that's a really good lens. You have that clearly it's something they're dealing with. Like it's not really maybe about you at all. That doesn't make it hurt any less. No, it was, it was so hurtful. It was so hard because I felt like, I don't know, I felt like these people went through that journey with me. And then, you know, when I finally reached a place to like move on from that and, and figure out a way to like move into a different space, they couldn't understand that. And it was, it was really hurtful. I actually had a really hard time with it. There was like a two week period around Christmas that I was just like, super upset by everything. And I even thought about like, should I not even have this page? And I went back and looked at all my posts and I was like, am I hurting people with this account instead of helping them? And I really did do like a full examination of the account. And I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> like and I, I can see how maybe if you are a mom or if you're living that lifestyle, how some of them can push your buttons and make you feel like, oof, I do do that. Or I have done that. Or um, instead of taking it in like a dry humor, cynical way, because there's also moms that follow my page and they'll reach out and be like, I'm a mom and this is funny. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's the two different types of I guess, moms out there that, you know, can relate to the child-free content and the ones that cannot accept it at all. Right. Yeah. And it really, I mean, I imagine without knowing much about their experiences, but I think it just speaks to where they're at in their own life. And yeah, you know, so it's been a pretty short window of you doing this. Like what, do you ever just like stop and go like, how did I get here? Like, (laughs) what is this? Yeah, well, you know, I've built other Instagram accounts before. So I have some experience in that. And I, um, at my job, run all of the marketing and social media. Okay. Um, But I have a dog account for my three dogs. I built their following kind of quickly. And then it's been stuck at this like same number for years because I kind of stopped doing it. I very rarely post on it anymore. It used to be like my baby. There's an overwhelming amount of Dachshund dog pages. Yeah, and it's a big, it's a big competitive. And I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. It's too much. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, and then trying to get new content for the dogs and get the dogs to behave. It was like, okay, I'm done with this. But I still do post on it sometimes. It's called Docs and Dude Ranch, if anybody wants to follow it. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's, I don't post on it as much as I used to. I used to do like an everyday post. And I've run, I've helped like political campaigns increase their following and stuff like that. So I have a little experience in that world of how to build and grow and just like be consistent and get out there and I would see what other pages were doing and I'd comment on other people's posts and they would mm. you know come look at my page and and then you build relationships with you know the other creators out there that are similar accounts or totally different like there's several totally child-free accounts that I love and I interact with regularly that's awesome do you have any like aspirations that you're building towards with your account is it just take it as it comes I don't know. I mean, I had no idea that I would ever be you know, invited on podcasts uh, because of this page or anything like that. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just, I just like did it. And I think I did it because I've done it with other accounts and it just felt, it felt comfortable to, to start a page. You know, I've made like certain milestones in my head of like where, where I want to be number wise, like by followers, which I know sounds kind of tacky, but you know, you're building a brand kind of, but I don't know where I want to take it or what I want to do with it. And I guess I'll just see, I have asked other content creators, like, would you ever interested in starting a podcast? Cause there's some that I really like, feel like I have a great dynamic with, mm. but, um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I don't know where it's going to take me. I know that I've thought about things like writing a book about my experience or one thing that I thought when I was accepting this and kind of going through it, one thing I kind of looked for was like a workbook for like somebody kind of in my unique position of in between child-free and childless and like how do you get from childless to child-free happily so yeah. I've kind of like worked through like creating some kind of like self-help workbook in that way so I guess you know my goals for the year were to outline a book outline a workbook stuff like that and maybe this platform can help me get there but yeah I think um I think my goal is just to continue helping people. And one thing, you know, and and not to talk too much about infertility or IVF, but one thing I think is really unfortunate about that world is, you know, you go to all these appointments, you kind of feel like you're close to the doctors and nurses. And then as soon as it's over, that's it. You -hmm. know, they don't offer you any resources. They don't say like, you know, really sorry about everything. And, you know, here's some resources to help you figure it out. They just go, okay, do you want to do another round? No. Okay. Bye. And, And it's very like, there's no help or guidance or resources. And I can imagine if, if you hadn't been prepared, like we had prepared for months to get to this point of last embryo didn't work. We were already okay with it, but the people who aren't okay with it and then go through their last embryo, I don't know what kind of resources are available to them. And, and then how did they get to being okay with not having children? Yeah. And so there's not enough of that stuff out there. And I think I'd like to figure out how to be more helpful in that world. Just from Instagram, I found that there are coaches out there that exist, Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I don't know what else, you know, what else I could be doing to help in that world. Yeah. When Lana Manikowski was on the podcast and hearing her say that same thing where it was just like, you're done and that's it. And just to leave, that is such a gap that is a really important one, I think that, and I love that people like you and Lana are out there kind of helping people or working to help people through that, because that almost seems like just as important as the IVF journey, if not more so, because it's how do you move on? Um, What do you do? What now? Yeah. Um, And that's so funny that you say that after I heard her episode on your podcast, I reached out to her and was like, I feel like I just listened to my own self tell her own story. Like it was so I connected with it so much. And we've we've connected on Instagram since then. And I I love her. She's so great. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So so positive. Such a light. Like, oh, my God. Love her. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you two have connected to. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And from you, I mean, you, you like accidentally introduced us and you didn't even know, you know? That's, <laughs> that's the great work that you're doing on the podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. It's I've been binging your podcast for a while now because oh. it's, it's so fun. When you find a new podcast that you really like and connect to, you just start, you know, binging and yeah. Oh, that means so much because I feel like there are so many podcasts. And so if anyone like listens to one episode, I'm honored. But if people like listen to consecutive, I'm like, wow, like that's a lot of time you're committing to listening. And I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, to- I know. Totally. It's I can't imagine what it's like starting a podcast and like hoping people listen. You know, you don't know. It's it's like anything. You don't know what's going to happen. So but you, right. you have a really successful. I mean, there are child-free ones in the space, but there's really not that many, right? Or is yeah. there? I mean, I can think, I think I know of like a handful. So I don't know, but yeah, 
I'm excited to be here and be one of them in the space. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm excited to be a part of it too. Yay, yes, it's awesome. Like I love getting to meet people like yourself and share your stories. I mean, that's, that's the best part about all of this is realizing how important human connection really is and how to make those connections and how to heal with other people. It's amazing. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I love therapy and coaching and all those individual things that I've done where it's just one-on-one, but I do think that like healing in community or having access to other people who relate to your journey is so powerful. Yes. Yeah. It's transformative. It is. And it makes you feel like, oh my God, I am not alone. Yeah. Because you feel so alone, I think, in these, especially it feels kind of niche. And then I see so many like anti-child free posts where people are like, there's a child free movement and it's not good. And, you know, humanity will die and all of these horrible, horrible things. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like, what if there wasn't positive child free accounts and you just heard that it's wrong, wrong, wrong. Right. There's, I've been hearing a lot of negativity, like, like as though we've just recently invented being child free. I don't know if you've heard this stuff, but it's like this no. new generation or millennials are responsible for the child free movement. And I'm really? like, really? Yes. <laughs> you have to look into it. It's there's a lot of like not accounts, but I've seen posts that are like anti anti child free. Wow, that's fascinating. No, we we weren't. It wasn't millennials. This has been going on much longer. <laughs> yes. This is much bigger than us. It just wasn't (laughs) talked about and it's not represented anywhere. I mean, there's, you hear so much on TV, on commercials. I hear children say like to their parents, well, you know, when I have kids and I'm like, what is the message that we're sending that everyone thinks they're just going to magically have kids? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to that post you had. It should be if not when, you know, like we need to change that language all across the board. And not just to say, you know, to make it a choice, but also for infertility, right? Like you go your whole life thinking, I'm going to have a kid one day. I'm going to, because that's what happens. That's what happens to grownups. They just magically have children. (laughs) And then you try to do it and you're like, but I've been told my whole life that I will have kids. So it's like, even people who are confident, like there is no infertility in my family. My children will be able to have children. You don't know that. Right. Yeah. And like setting realistic expectations that this is a possibility and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you if that's what happens too. Yeah. There is, like, I didn't tell anybody while I was going through IVF that we were going Mm -hmm. through IVF because I was so embarrassed. There's a lot of shame in like your body not working the way it's supposed to. And it's interesting. Yeah. That is, that's a lot. I haven't had that experience, but just like the shame of thinking that there was something wrong with me because I didn't want kids and I never got to the step of trying, but had I, like that would be another level of it. Well, and you, you have to wonder, cause I was kind of a fence sitter too. And I did too wonder, like, I even remember reaching out to like my cousin saying like, how did you know you wanted to have kids and what made you want to have kids? Cause I've never felt that way. Because I couldn't figure out what that feeling would be. And I think until you feel it, you can't. Because even my cousin was like, if you don't feel like you want to have kids, you should not have kids. And she has kids. But she was like, if you don't feel it, don't force it. Um, And eventually I did 
feel it, whatever that means. But yeah, <laughs> but like you, I I did wonder. I was like, is there like a something wrong? Like, am I not feminine enough? Am I not? Do I not oh. have that motherly instinct? Yeah. And then eventually, I guess I received it. But yeah, there's yeah, those have been like my a, exact like thoughts. Off. Yeah. yeah, totally. And if anyone has those feelings, there is nothing wrong with you. And there are other people out there who have the, have your feelings too of not yes, having absolutely. that motherly. And that's why representation matters in everything that we do, right? Like, yeah. you know, the child-free women in TV are often you know, spinsters or miserable or upset because they can't have kids, but it's never yeah. a choice. Like, it's never like, I didn't want to. It's always you know, Aunt Sally couldn't, and now she's miserable. And right. it's never represented in a way where we chose it and we're really happy about it. Yeah. And I yeah. wish there was more of that, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, I can only think of a handful of shows where they have a child-free by choice character. I know Grace and Frankie, Brianna is child-free by choice and but you know like there it also is shown I don't know like it ends her relationship which is actually people's reality but but it doesn't have to always be that like it could just be you know they found a partner that also doesn't you know it could also be a fine journey and a happy one it doesn't always have to have these horrible parts of it or people who don't agree um trying to think I just thought of a show that has a child-free character well, I mean, even in, um, was it Grey's Anatomy for Christina Yang? Oh, I don't think know. she wanted to have kids. Did you watch Grey's Anatomy? She like didn't mm-hmm. want to. And I think her and her boyfriend broke up over it. And it was, it was, it's always that. Like, it's never just like yeah. child-free person, find somebody that they can be happy with. And then they like live their life, you know, child-free on, on the show or on the movie or whatever. It's always. Yeah. Like always ends up bad. But there is that that movie too. Did you watch maybe the other way or something like that where she like has two realities that are parallel and in one of them she gets pregnant and then one of them she decides not to have children? I think someone has told me about it, but I have not seen it myself. It's it's good. It's that's okay. like that's like a representation that I was excited to see. Like you got to see like mm. both halves of like her life and the trajectory, like she wasn't necessarily happier with a baby. Like, and it didn't show like her life was bliss after having a baby, you know, which most of the time, that's what it seems like, you know, they go through all these ups and downs and then they finally have a baby and everything is perfect. And it's like, that's right. not the way it is. yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. And that's I'm... not even the way it is, you know, even for like the representation of what it's actually like to be a parent isn't even represented. Right. Which then leads to a whole bunch of shame on that end of like not being able to talk openly, maybe of the challenges. And then that just feeds into this painting an unrealistic picture of what parenthood is while we're all being told that we're going to become parents. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a vicious cycle. It is a vicious (laughs) cycle. (laughs) So thank you for being another voice speaking up and being like, hey, it doesn't have to be that way. I feel like we're on a, we're on the way to better stuff out there. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know, uh, not to talk about Chelsea Handler again, but she has the special, the comedy special about being child-free and it got so much, like if you read her like Instagram comments, so much blowback, so much negativity mm. about it. And it's shocking. And then even yeah. like her interviews on like TV shows and stuff, people still want to just say like, are you sure you don't right. think you're going to change your mind? And it's like, oh my God. 
Yeah. It's so interesting because I think I am, you know, I've been in commenting and like having these child-free conversations for like a year or two at this point. And so I am so like tunnel visioned where then like I hearing that someone like Chelsea Handler is still getting blowback. It like blows my mind because I think I'm like too tunnel visioned into the child-free world that I don't always see that backlash. And it's such a good reminder of, you know, why we are doing what we're doing because it's still taboo. It still gets yeah. pushed back everywhere. Yeah. And people, they need someone to relate to. Like yeah. we can't, you know, we can't. And, and it's like, it's frustrating that anyone with a platform is receiving feedback because then it makes people like us or, you know, who are child-free and trying to figure it out. Then they read these comments and think, oh, maybe there is something wrong with me because all of these people are upset by this lifestyle. Right. Yeah. It just perpetuates that cycle. Yeah. yeah but you know, and in all communities, representation matters and it's so important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what would you say is like the kind of overarching message that you are putting out into the world or want to put out into the world? I think I just want anyone who's gone through what I've been through or even having, I mean, you don't have to have gone through IVF to um, follow my page. My page isn't like dedicated to infertility at all. Um, But I think I just want people to realize like, you're not alone you have a community. I think even as simple as like being able to share a meme on your story so that your friends and family can understand, you know, where you're coming from or your lifestyle, like even something so simple as that, as somebody gets to share something that I've created and it maybe opens the eyes of someone that they know, like that means a lot to me that they're able to say, share on their stories, like, uh, you know, the if and when, you know, and then other people get to see that. Maybe, maybe it does open someone's eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. That spark that makes them think. Yeah. Instead of being so resistant, I think it's just important to just get our community out there and support. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jordan. Thank you for what you're doing and for taking the time to come and be on the podcast. It was such an honor to have you. And before we wrap up, your Instagram account is at Violet underscore unexplained. And I'll put that in the show notes. And your dog account is Dachshund Dude Ranch. And is there any other place that you want to share or links for people to connect with you? Or is that good? That's good. That's perfect. Okay, perfect. Well, awesome. We will put those in the show notes. So people go check out her accounts and connect with Jordan if you haven't already. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. I'm so glad that I got to do this today. Oh, good. Me too. Likewise. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you haven't already, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. This is how we reach more people. And in doing so, that's how we break the stigma. I would really appreciate your support in that and helping this podcast reach more listeners. And if you're someone who is struggling with any aspect of your child-free life, head over to my website and book your free clarity call. We'll talk about how you can start living your best child-free life with intention and purpose today.